0: How are you now? How are you now? Uh, did everybody have a good vacation? Did everybody have a good three-day break from watching the Montreal Canadiens? I know I did. I, uh, I, I didn't watch any sports at all. I actually just kind of lived my life. You know, went to the gym, walked my dog. I should say that quietly because he's sitting pretty close to me and he's kind of looking at me like he just heard what I said and he wants me to do it. And I'm not ready to do that yet because I got to record this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the bottom six minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am pissed off. I'm pissed off. Uh, The Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of six to three to the Washington Capitals in Washington uh, that 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 score by the way six to three it is a very forgiving score it should have been way worse than that normally you lose six to three and you're like well I can't possibly get much worse than this right uh, but it absolutely could have that was not a close game in any stretch of the word close um, it, it definitely it could have been a lot worse it could have uh, I'm going to do a super quick recap, just just to give you a flavor for it. Why not? A glutton for punishment, I am. Uh, first period uh, starts off immediately bad, right? The Habs are getting run over. Uh, they get a power play early, but it's terrible. Uh, they can't do anything with it. Tail end of the power play, just after it expires, Nick Dowd gets in on sort of a two-on-one, beats Jeff Petrie wide, it completely embarrasses him, by the way, uh, tries a shot, doesn't work, gets around to the other side, bangs it in, one nothing for the Capitals. And then, moments later, Jeff Petrie takes a stupid tri- tripping penalty behind his own net, and John Carlson on the power play from the point, bang, two nothing for the Washington Capitals. Less than five minutes to go, Cedric Paquette tries to dump the puck out of his zone, banks it off of Dmitry Orlov and into his own net. That makes it three to nothing. Uh, they get one back, however, miraculously, despite being outshot sixteen to five in that period and out attempted thirty-two to eight. Arturi Lekkonen deflects a clear. It lands on Jake Evans's stick near the inside hash mark. He scores, makes it 3-1. Again, they were out-attempted 32-8, outshot 16-5. It could have been way worse. But it wasn't. And we go into the second period. You know, only down by two goals. Miraculously. Another terrible power play pretty early on in that period. After it ends, Washington Capitals go right back to work. Ev- Ev- Evgeny, Bah. Evgeny Kuznetsov, all alone at the side of the net. I can't pronounce Russian names, but I can pronounce the word scores, and he does, makes it 4-1 to one for the Capitals late in the period. Uh, the Habs actually get one back again somehow. They're kind of just hanging around in this game. Cole Caulfield goes in the rush, gets his own rebound off the boards. He misses the net, hits the boards, kicks up into the air, he uses his great instincts to get over to the other side, puts it in. They don't count it right away. They have to go back and review it because it looked like Ilya Samsonov made the save, but he didn't. It crossed the line. 4-2 to two for the Montreal Canadiens. Peter Laviolette complaining about it on the bench. I don't know what he was complaining about. He should probably shut his mouth uh, because his team was dominating that game anyways. But whatever. 4-2. to two. Habs still in it. Right? Not so much. Third period. Not very long into it. Uh, Two-on-one with uh, Alexander Ovechkin and Tom Wilson. Uh, the great eight decides to defer to Tom Wilson for whatever reason but he's got a wide open net based on the beautiful pass uh, from Alexander Ovechkin and it is five to two and then Dmitry Orlov scores a few moments later to make it six to two Arturi Lekinen luckily would get one back for the Montreal Canadiens to bring it back to that slightly more respectable score of six to three but the Montreal Canadiens looking completely helpless in that loss and again Lucky to see a score of only 6-3 to three. it could have been much, much worse than that something's gotta change something's gotta change in the words of Maurice Richard in the, the movie The Rocket il faut que ça change it has to change he was of course talking about some other shit in that movie uh, but it stands true it has to change Il faut que ça change, mais avant qu'on puisse s'attendre à des changements, il faut vraiment qu'on soit prêt à chose. tabarnak. voyons donc. I'm 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 just I'm at a loss at this point. Um, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Okay, I, I read all of your comments um, uh, on my articles on Eyes in the Prize. Uh, I read your tweets, right? I know a lot of people think I'm beating a dead horse, constantly going off on these rants after losses, but a loss like this. You know, a loss like this, this was just futility, incarnate. Like, I'm I'm watching them play, and, you know, I, I didn't expect them to beat the Capitals. The Capitals are in second place in their division in the Metro, and the Habs are in second last in the Atlantic. So I didn't expect them to beat the Capitals. But I was thinking, like, you know, after having won their last game uh, and looking pretty decent in so doing... I was thinking, you know, maybe we'd be treated to a bit of a better game. Absolutely the fuck not. They looked horrible. No discernible defensive system whatsoever. Uh, Offensively, not a whole lot going. They were mostly relying, again, on those stretch passes and those flips. Stretch passes. Jesus Christ, that's getting so unbelievably unbearable to watch. I, I, I don't understand how Jeff Molson... Jeff... Where are you at? What are you doing, buddy? Is your beer money taking that long for you to count? That you can't look up from it and see what your billion dollar hockey team is doing? And if you are looking up periodically from counting your fucking billions of dollars worth of beer money to see what the hockey team is doing, are, are you legitimately okay with what you're seeing? Like that's a good product to you? You claim to be a Habs fan. He does. He claims to be a Habs fan. I don't believe him. I don't think he gives a shit about what the team does. I don't think he gives a shit about the fans. I don't think he gives a shit about anything. I don't think I, I I honestly think that the only way he would ever give a shit is if it hurt his bottom line and the Montreal Canadiens, you know, owning them is like basically having a gigantic ATM that just prints money, right? Unless all of us fans collectively decide we're going to stop buying tickets, buying merch, supporting the team like all together, stop directing any sort of money towards this team whatsoever and stop watching them on TV so the ratings go down. I I don't think he's ever going to care cuz I don't I really legitimately don't think he's motivated by anything but money. I guess that's what he has to be, right? I guess you don't get to own an NHL team by being motivated by anything but money. Um I don't know. All I know is, uh, again, let's go back to what I was saying, right? A lot of people have been telling me, you know, stop beating a dead horse, right? I'm not beating a dead horse. The horse is alive. In fact, I'm trying to beat two horses, really, because I think coaching is a problem. You take a look at that game against the Capitals and honestly tell me that Dominique Sham has any kind of discernible system in place. Please, take a look at that game and honestly tell me is, is there a legitimate system in place? I don't think so. It's pretty clear that there isn't. And then you got to go up the ladder. Again, the guy who hired him, the guy who promoted him to head coach, the guy who handed him a three-year contract extension, Marc Bergevin, the guy who's also responsible for all of the personnel decisions, all of the players, the inability to build a team that doesn't heavily rely on the exploits of one carry price to save them. That guy needs to go too, in my opinion. So again, I'm dealing with two horses. And those two horses are still very alive. And they're not just fucking horses. They're goddamn Clydesdales. They're huge, gigantic Clydesdales that are carrying, pulling carriages right down saint catherine in front of everybody. And those carriages are full of shit. Full of shit. And we're forced to sit here. Watch this team just struggle being pulled by these gigantic, unathletic Clydesdales. Especially the one up front. Bergevin, leg day skipper. You've never even seen a squat rack, have you? You just do curls every day. (laughs) Um, I I guess, again, I I don't want to keep beating the dead horse, but I I have to go on these rants. I have to. It's, it's it's, It's my release. And I think a lot of people actually agree with what I have to say. And I think that I'm going to keep beating these quote-unquote dead horses until they're actually dead, until they're no longer affecting the team that I love. Because I I look at that game against the Capitals, and I see a team with no direction whatsoever. (laughs) I see a general manager going out to the media and saying, number one, I'm not going to mortgage the future of the team. Okay, I agree with that. Don't mortgage the future for this team but he's also saying I don't believe in the unpredictability of the draft so I don't want to just try to manage to get better draft picks Uh, so what your plan is do nothing we're just going to go along with the team that we have I see a coach and a general manager who have repeatedly gone up to the media and said the players need to play better oh it's not us it's not our system it's not anything that we're doing it's the players they just need to be better give me a break give me a break I mean, I, you could say that about any team. You could say, well, this team would be better if the players were better. About any team. You could say it about the Lightning. You could say last year, well, they would have done better if the players were better. We would have been undefeated if the players just played better. If they did my system, if they did exactly what I said all the time, we would never lose a game. Is that what you're trying to say? I feel like that's what you're trying to say. I don't know. But again, look at that game against the Capitals. Tell me, is there a discernible system in place? I'm seeing disorganization, I'm seeing discombobulation, I'm seeing absolute lack of structure. I put that on coaching, and I put that on the general manager who put the coaching in the place that they're in. I don't know. Agree with me, disagree with me all you want. I'm honestly probably going to keep doing these rants um, you know, from time to time. Uh, maybe not always after losses. Maybe I'll have to, Maybe I'll get to do it after a win one time. Maybe they'll win a game. Maybe they'll like luck their way into a win they didn't deserve. And I'll get to do one after an actual victory. And then people will stop saying that I'm only doing it after losses. Because honestly, I, I kind of want this team to keep losing. I'd, I'd like to see a, a high draft pick. But, but I have zero faith in Marc Bergevin's ability to turn a top five draft pick into anything. He's had two of them during his tenure. Right? Hasn't he? Alex Kalchenyuk where's he? Not on the Habs, is he? Yes, Barry Kakenyemi, where's he? Not on the Habs, is he? Two times you've had a top five draft pick. In fact, top three draft pick, third overall, two times. Hmm, interesting. Funny, isn't it? A lot of people want to blame uh, Trevor Timmons too. Maybe. Maybe there's a measure of blame to be put there. I think Timmons, uh, he's been responsible for finding a lot of gems in the later rounds. And I think he's skated on that as well. But for me, for, for, for my money, I'm right now I'm focused on coaching and I'm focused on the general manager. Maybe we need to make changes at scouting too. I don't know. But I'm telling you, those are the first two things I'd do. Because guess what? Timmons isn't going anywhere unless there's a new general manager to replace him anyways. Obviously, Bergevin believes in him. So even if you're in that camp and you think Timmons is the biggest problem, guess what? He's not going anywhere until Bergevin does. So keep dreaming, I guess. I guess last thing I got to do, my silver lining, right? I said, no matter how bad things get, and this was a very bad game, uh, I'm going to give a silver lining for every single game. And tonight, I'm going with Cole Caulfield. Uh, Cole Caulfield's goal was every bit of what he does well, right? Finding soft ice and having a nose for the net and just using his instincts. I mean, he missed on the initial shot, missed the net completely, bounces off the boards, goes up in the air. And nobody can track it except for him. He gets over there, bangs it in. The officials didn't even see it go in. They they didn't call it a goal right away. They actually had to go to review. And, you know, that that's how quick it went in and out. I mean, Samsonov, Ilya Samsonov is a very good goaltender. It looked like he actually made that save. I wasn't even mad at the refs for missing that. Because when I watched it live on TV, I thought he made the save. Uh, but no, Cole Caulfield put it in. And this is great news for the Montreal Canadiens. Because now he finally gets his NHL icebreaker. Right, He got a couple down in Laval. Now he comes up, plays for the Montreal Canadiens. Now he's finally got his NHL icebreaker. So hopefully, this is the opening of the floodgates for him. My concern is that on this team, it might be hard for those floodgates to really open up. Now, I wouldn't send him back down to Laval. I would keep him up here. I think the NHL reps are worth something. um, And I think he should get as many of those as possible. I just... (laughs) I just struggle to believe that, you know, the floodgates are really going to be able to open on this team. Um, But, you know, if they do, I still don't think he's going to be enough to drag them out of the basement, so they'll probably still end up with a pretty decent draft pick. Uh, Yeah, but that's your silver lining, is Cole Caulfield played pretty well, got some scoring chances, scored, and now maybe that is the icebreaker that he needed to really get going at the NHL level. Um... I'm gonna end the podcast there because I just took a look at my clock, and it turns out I've gone over 15 minutes. So what do we say about that? It's a soirée enorme pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, uh, Apple, Google Play, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow; I would appreciate it very much. I swear less on Twitter, guys. I, I, I promise you. I appreciate everybody for listening, especially after you know such a terrible game. So, thank you very much. Honestly, I appreciate it. Uh, And as always, I'm not done. I'll be back next game. So, I love Michelle.